Welcome to the Push Performance Podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome back for another podcast. <laughs> we have episode number 26, 26 today. We have Mr. Brandon Monahan. So, what's up? What's what's up, what's up, up guys? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have Connor Higgins. How we doing? Special guest and Hunter Bishop, special guest. Thanks for having me, Dennis. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, today's podcast literally has no format. Just going to chat with you guys. I've been wanting to get you two on the podcast for a while. The dynamic duo. The huh? dynamic duo. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is, you guys make the facility fun and I thought this would be a fun podcast. So appreciate it. For sure. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. How did, Piggy, how'd your season end up? Uh, season ended up, ended up in AAA, but didn't end up how I wanted it to end up. Kind of got a little wild with the command, but uh, I was happy to get to AAA this year. Yeah. Good. Huh? Season was tough. I was hurt a lot of the year. Um, but we're back. I'm playing in the fall league. First day is on Friday. Super excited about Hell yeah. it. Hell yeah! Congrats. That's a big. That's a big honor right there. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited about it. Hey, what's uh kind of going in this off season? What's what are your goals? You know, who are, who are you? First of all, who are Let's you? Let's talk about who you guys are. Yeah, I'm Connor Higgins. I'm from Pennsylvania. I played <laughs> college ball with Hunter here at Arizona State, and then I got drafted by the Los Angeles Angels, and I'm a relief pitcher. Um, goals for this next coming off season are to obviously trim a little fat, throw a little bit harder. We didn't get our goal down this year. Our goal was 100. We only hit 99 this year, Deej. Um, I'm fired. Only 99. I'm fired. How hard were you? How hard were you? Came in a little 88 to 91 action, yeah. but we got up a little bit. So yeah, <laughs> try and throw hard, throw strikes, and uh, hopefully make the team at some point next year. Nice. What what are your you know ups and downs this year? What was your your highest point? And what was your lowest point this year? I mean, a lot of people think pro ball. Like, oh, I made it pro ball. Fuck yeah, sweet. Oh yeah. You know, highest point was going to uh, Huntsville, Alabama, playing for the Rocket City Trash Can. It was a brand new team in a brand new town. It was just cool. They would sell out the stadium at eight thousand a night. Got I think nine ten saves down there, and then low point was going to AAA. Just <laughs> getting promoted was a low point. Adjusting to the ball, I was trying too hard to throw strikes, and that made it harder to throw strikes. And then I finally relaxed the last two weeks and kind of found myself again. But uh, say so yeah, those are the high and lows of the year. Awesome. All right, Bishop Hunter Bishop, who are you? You're from Palo Alto, California, correct? Yep. So grew up in the Bay Area. Um, I went to Arizona State. That's how I met this fool, Higgy. Became best friends. I mean, honestly, the so I was a freshman. He was a sophomore. He's always one year older than me in school. Um, and we became best buddies. It wasn't until like the end of my freshman year. I thought he was kind of weird out. Oh my God. Uh, like my freshman year. No, honestly, I thought he was kind of weird just hanging out with some questionable people. No, I'm kidding. But um, <laughs> like we weren't that close my freshman year, but we were uh, roommates in the Cape Cod League after my freshman year. And ever since then, we were literally sleeping in, like, two bunk beds, or what do you call them? Like, two twin beds two twin right beds. next to each Like, literally, I could put my hand out and touch them. I could smell his morning breath from my mouth. <laughs> my morning breath. Um, um, but anyways, so we became best friends there, went to ASU together. Um, I got drafted in 2019 to San Francisco. And, yeah, it's been – pro ball has been tough for me so far. I've dealt with a good amount of injuries. Um, but, you know, going forward, I feel as if – my body's in the right place finally, and I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I've had the luxury to work with you throughout the course of the injuries, right, and navigating around it and helping you rehab, and we've we became a lot closer because of it, you know. And sure. I feel like you're definitely heading in the right direction right now, and I think people just need to understand that just because you were a first rounder doesn't mean you made it. You know totally. what I mean? And that's that's something for us. Like we try and tell these guys, like you haven't made it until you've 
sign your third contract or until you retire. Totally. Right? And that's, yeah. in my opinion, you know, we have guys that are eight year big leaders and it's like still one more, you know? And, um, you know, what are you, what are your plans for the, the off season? Like, what are you, what are your goals for this off season? What are, what have we been accomplishing? What are you happy with? What do you, you know, all those things? Yeah. I mean, I feel like for the first time my body's in the best position I've been in in a long time. And I'm really excited for the fall league because I feel like, you know, obviously this year was kind of a wasted year for me. Um, but I'm just really excited to get back on the field. I feel like myself again, I think, I mean, I've seen a lot of, I get tagged in a lot of negative stuff almost every day of like, oh, this guy's a bust, this guy, whatever, blah, blah, just negative comments about myself. But uh, I think sometimes people can kind of forget what I'm capable of, but I don't, I don't need that validation. Like, I think if I'm just on the field playing every day, like it'll, it'll come out. Um, so, I mean, like I said, being drafted in 2019, I haven't accomplished anything yet. You know, I'm, I'm really, I'm really, um, excited for what's to come, but a lot of, a lot of work to be done. So I'd say my off season goal is just to stay on the field and stay healthy. Yeah. Credibility for sure. I mean, it's, I guess I just mentioned earlier, it's a huge compliment to be invited to the ball league, right? I mean, it's how many guys you got six guys or five guys from each org, yeah. whatever it is, and you have five teams, so there's 25 guys, you know, and you know, it's hard to make it, you know, and I think we shoot, we have like eight guys in the ball league this year, which is amazing. That's yeah. pretty cool, um, you know, and but now's your chance to so not prove every wrong, but prove every right, totally, you know, and that's that's huge. I know Higgy and I will be. Chair in the stands, he'll mm-hmm. eat some mac and cheese and a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore, not anymore. No. He said he's trying to lose fat, remember? You know, just having a good relaxing week, and then next week we'll kind of get back into good off-season shape. Yeah, I was, he, yeah, like, people have been saying, hey, when you get into the gym, you haven't, but, like, I was like, damn, if I played 140-something games, I'm eating whatever the hell I want <laughs> for the next two weeks, you know? So yeah. I'm proud of him, though. He had a great year, and um, we just need to get Higgy a little more, like, even I think obviously everybody can work on that, but when Higgy's on his highs, he's one of the most talented guys I've ever seen. And then when he gets low, he he really tends to exaggerate a little bit of like how how you know he's hard on himself, but like I think Higgy's yet to realize how talented he actually is. No, so sure. um, I'm I'm really looking forward to to seeing Higgy in the big leagues next year. I know it's going to happen. So yeah, I mean it's. I, I received some positive texts from Higgy and some not so positive <laughs> totally. texts from Higgy. You know, a couple of times saying I quit or I'm totally. retiring. <laughs> you, you said I'm retiring. Go, do it. Don't be a bitch. Yeah, retire. Yeah, yeah. Two days later, dude, I'm a big leader. Yeah, you know, hot or cold Higgy. But it is, it is, it is interesting to see like uh, professional baseball how it. Like for me, I haven't played, and my anxiety has been like the worst it's ever been. Yeah. You know, because like like I said, negative things people say about me or. At the end of the day, we're all just human beings, you know. So um, that's why I'm proud of Hagee for for battling through this year, man. Like, he killed it. How do you how do you combat that? Is it more so just keeping your circle small, not listening to who, you know, not looking on social media? I mean, what's that's a big thing. Like, we had a mental coach on here, right? And you know, a big thing for us is like the mental approach to baseball. You know, do you keep your circle small, keep the people that you want to talk to, and screw everybody else, kind of thing, or? Yeah, I mean, I think it's... I don't get a dick about it. Totally. I think it's a lot of, like, that, keeping your circle small, but at the same time, like, growing up, because and when everybody, when people are young, I think the first thing to do is, like, read social media, what people think about me, uh, what's my persona to to the public, but I think the more you grow up and, like, you get mature, you realize that all that matters is your circle. So, um, 
Yeah, I think it's hard for everybody, but like especially for me because I'm a, I'm a first round draft pick. People expect so much out of me. And look at me; I've been on the field maybe 40 games in two years. You know, it's and it's embarrassing. It's 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 uh, it's tough. It's tough to deal with, especially like I said, we're all just human beings at the end of the day. So um, and they don't know those people talking about that. Don't know who you are, person either. Not at all. Right? They think you're out there messing around, but they don't see you. You know, for the last year and here trying to get right, you know, conquer your craft and, you know, getting in here for two, three hours every day, hitting, throwing, and, you know, we're getting after it, you know, whether it be at my house or here or, totally. you know, you're spending time on the weekends with me doing rehab stuff, you know, and, you know, it's just people's misconception of it. And I've gone through that with the business sector. Like, you guys know, I always ask, like, how are you liking the program? <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? It's just like, for me, there's still insecurity for me, no matter yeah. who we work with or how great of coaches we have or, you know, it's just like, God, I hope people like it. But at the end of the day, if you don't like it, like, you don't, we don't want you here, you know? And, sure. and that's how it is on our end, you know? And you guys have it on a bigger stage, you know? You're trying to feed your family like I'm trying to feed my family, you know? And it's just, that's how you pay the bills. You know, that's your livelihood. That's what you want to do. You know, it's a game, but it's still paying the ass. Totally. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, you think about it, like, you're, you're a perfect example because – I mean, you're on a lower scale in terms of like, you know, we, we get broadcast to the world. Major League Baseball players get broadcast to the world. But at the end of the day, you said it best. Like, baseball is super hard. Business is super hard because if you don't put out the performance that is necessary, you're not successful. Yep. And it's tough because baseball, you know, you're on TV. I have status. He has status. You're growing status. So, I mean, it's like you you need to perform. But at the end of the day, it's like – we said it. We're human beings, you know. So we still have feelings. We still have every everything yeah. that comes with being a, like a, a normal person. We're yeah. still a normal person. We just get broadcasted, you know. So it's I don't know. I think it's tough to deal with. Hundred percent. How about you, Higgy? Like, how do you how did you come over? No, over I was gonna say the coolest thing too about a small circle, the circle of the push gym here. When I got up to Triple uh, A, struggling a little bit. My first series was against Darren Gillies. And my second series was against Tyler Sear, and both those guys were like, hey, man, I'm checking out your box bro for every outing. Like, let's just talk what's going on. It's just like those guys didn't have to do that at all, but they're taking time out of their day to come talk to another push athlete about guys who have been there and done it at the AAA level. So I thought that was really cool, just having those guys have your back and calming me down, which is unreal. And then, too, like just having a small circle of your family and friends. Like I would talk to this guy, Torkelson, almost every day, guys who were top of their game and just telling me to calm down and, just you're a good baseball player. I think it's really important to have that good small circle of guys too. Yeah, I mean, trying to find the escape away from baseball, right? And mm -hmm. for us, like, Brandon, you can chime in on this too. It's like I, I don't want to have you guys just talk to me about baseball, right? We don't want you guys to, like, bring up baseball issues or weightlifting issues. Like, we want to mm -hmm. be that, that scapegoat for you guys when you're having those adversities, you know? And that's because we care about you as friends and family and people, but, like, we know you need it mentally too, you know? And I think just, like you said, minimizing that circle is the most important thing. And then, you know, Higgy controlling your macaroni and cheese intake. Oh and, my gosh. <laughs> you know, and your, your inflammation. And <laughs> uh, that was big too. Even when I would just have a little, little power, uh, problem bothering me this year, I'd text you and you'd yeah. give me three exercises yeah. right away. I'd be doing it in my hotel room. Be fine two days later. Yeah. So I just thought that was absolutely amazing. Out of you, out of this year too. Appreciate so the bumps it. and bruises of a 142 game season. Yeah, absolutely. That's it's a grind for sure. When people say it's a grind, they don't understand. It's, oh my gosh, it's a grind. We we talked about that yesterday. Golfing. It's 
trying to count how many different beds I've slept in this yeah. past season. It had to be over 30 different places, hotels, apartments, just absolute grind. Yeah. I mean, I was talking yesterday, too. It's like, you guys wake up. What do you do? Right? What do you yeah. do? Your game's at 7 o'clock at night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're what are you doing? Sleep in as long as you can, get some Starbucks, and then... Then what? Walk right the town? Yes. <laughs> Bird scooter over to the field because you don't have a car there either. Just absolute yeah. grind, yeah. Yeah, that's fun. I mean, it's stuff you'll never forget. Though, oh, God, no. right? I, mean, so I think that, like, people complain about minor leagues, but, like, at the end of the day, it's like, that's what makes that's what makes it worth it to make it, I think. Yeah. It's like, it's it's the same thing as, like, college athletes. It's so random. But it's like, same thing as college athletes getting paid. It's like, okay, so then what makes professional sports worth it? Yeah. To me, you know, it's like minor leagues, it's going to suck. It's going to be, you know, what you're getting into. Oh, that's not why you're doing it. You're doing it to become a major league baseball player. You're doing it to get that huge contract. You're doing it because you love it. You know, you're not doing it to go play in Huntsville, Alabama. Nothing against, like, I'm, I've never even been there, but like, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's great, but like, you want to be in Newport Beach. You want to be in San Francisco. You want to, you want, that's what makes the minor leagues worth it. So, like, I'm not saying that people who advocate for minor leaguers, because people are going to say, oh, you're a first-rounder, you have money. It's not even that. It's like, I think it's cool that you're going through those. You wake up at 9 a.m., you're alone pretty much until 7 p.m. every single day for 140-something days, you know? And then you get to the big leagues, and it's like, you got the hotels, you got the food, you got... You the masseuses, the trainers, the, the women. No, <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. I think that's what makes it worth And nothing against the people who advocate... For minor leagues, because it's amazing. Hundred percent, and I and at the same time, how many times has a first rounder taken care of you, right? Oh, you guys go out to dinner, yep. or a big leaguer's having rehab. How many times hey, have they take you? Hop in my car, I'll give you a ride back to the hotel. So or to walk them up. I got you dinner tonight, or hundred percent, whatever it may be, right? And it's not like those guys are shitting on you guys, you know. And no. you know, it's going to be a big thing on the CBA this year. Is like everybody's talking about how many minor, major league guys are going to stick up for the minor league guys. You know, there's going to be some for sure, but at the same time, it's like, hey, they, they grinded, they totally. did their thing. You know, like, I know we're all on both ends here, right? Like, we feel for those guys. They're making less money. You know, it's it's hard. We try and take care of you guys as a business, right, where we're not overcharging the minor league guys. We know how much money you guys make, yeah. you know. But at the same time, it's like, this is your career. You choose to do it, mm -hmm. you know. And, I mean, it's a double-edged sword I'm talking about that topic for sure. That's a kind of a stepping topic where you want to step around it you know yeah. but also address it sure. you know? i believe in the grind but the only thing that i would complain about is if they just help with housing just a little bit yeah because when we got to huntsville alabama this year they gave us a list of 10 possible apartments and we talked to all 10 of them they're like oh we didn't know we had a baseball team here one and we only do 12 12 month leases so we're like what do we got to do so that was the only thing is wish that the Major major leagues would help with housing. That's or the only just thing. organize it better. Or just tell us, okay, this yeah. is this is this. How much here? How much is there? How far is from the field? That's the only thing I would complain about. It's just helping with housing. Or I know the Giants actually give housing yeah. stipends to their guys, which yeah. is huge. But some teams, more teams, so the Astros are actually providing houses to all affiliates now. So yeah. hopefully that's the only thing I would complain about, or try and get advocates to help out with just housing. But pay is going to be the pay no matter what. That's what you sign up for. Everyone knows that. And the cool thing is. All other twenty-five teammates years are going through the same thing. So I will say though that like I can't come at it from a point of like like sure the money is one thing, but like I have an agent. I ha I'm blessed to have money. But like for guys who are later draft picks, like okay, 
Maybe they're not getting the proper batting gloves. Maybe they're not getting the proper gear. You know, so that side, I'm way more, um, I guess, not empathetic, but, like, I feel for those guys way more because, like, that's where teams and that's where, um, yeah, organizations, I believe, need to do more is, like, you can't have guys who can stock wood. You know, like, and that's what, like I said, I'm blessed because I have an agent. I have that they're, they're going to get me those things to provide for, you know, my performance. But I think that's, like, Piggy said it as well. Money is money. Like, you're not signing up for the minor league for the money. But at the same time, I believe the guys who aren't as fortunate in, say, draft position or whatever prospect status, like, that's where they need to be helped out with more gear. Um, just things that can amplify their performance a little bit more. Yeah, and then also you got to look at it this way, too. Guys from other countries, right? They, totally. they look mm-hmm. at this as a blessing. Totally. Right? They're not the one, They're not complaining, probably, not. right? You know, they're happy. How happy are those guys in the locker room? Oh, they're the happiest every day. We always say how much they love it. It's unbelievable. They love it. It rubs off on you, too, sometimes. Exactly. They love it. And their mind, it brings you back to why you love the game of baseball. You know what I mean? And, you know, we, we're fortunate enough. Brandon, you work with quite a few guys from different countries here for, for us, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, it's they're, they're happy every day. You know, they don't complain about money. They don't complain sure. about, mm-hmm. you know, not having a house or not having batting gloves or whatever and like it's just you look at everything in life it's perspective you know this is real life shit like you know it was like i'm just gonna fight through it and you know i still haven't made it but like i'm still going and pushing and striving and to be better you know and mm-hmm. it's just life like this is enough this is it's a business people need to realize that you know and um i had a question for you connor his right. name's his name's connor by the way not higgy <laughs> we call him higgy yeah, yeah. there's a thousand different names yeah what is your favorite Favorite, what is your favorite nickname? nickname? Yeah. Uh, Higgy or Tuna? I don't want of them. We call him Tuna, too. Why do you call him Tuna? He's big Tuna. <laughs> I wish you guys could see yeah. what he looks like. He looks great. Oh, my gosh. What you, did you start at last year here? Start out last year here, I was probably 6'5", 270. Went to the season probably like 6'5", 255. All season two, body fat was between 13 to 15% body fat all, all year, which yeah. is perfect for a pitcher. Yeah. And I came in probably throwing 88, 90. And this year I was mostly 94, 97, 98, touching nine. That's awesome. So, yeah. What do you think the biggest thing that transformed your your body and your velocity was? Obviously, working out and that stuff. 100%. Like, what, what losing fat you, was, okay. but I, this is the best I felt I moved all year. And I was really cognizant of it this year. On the past, I was just trying to just grunt, throw everything as hard as I could. This year, I really focused on how I was actually moving down the mound. And it was unreal how much more effortless could lead to more velocity this year. And I felt like everything was just synced up this year, which was huge for my uh, development and just getting through double A, triple A this year. Cause in the past, I just try and muscle absolutely everything. So, yeah, I mean, what's, what was it? Was it the movement quality oh, just, stuff? Was yeah, it, the movement like, quality. What are we doing? Weight room? Everything. Like, Simon, weight room. Simon, like, it was. Just, yeah, weight room, going through yoga, going through. Shout out Ashton. Shout out Ashton. Shout out. But, uh, yeah, no, just everything just between the throwing because Simon going through with how to properly throw the driveline balls in the past, I would just throw them as hard as I could. Now I'm talking about how arm swing and arm path and finishing through and where to put my fingers at release. Just a combination of everything here at Push has been absolutely huge for my career. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's 
our, the transformation you've had is usually because I want to gain weight, I want to gain weight, yeah. I want to gain weight. The view is like, we had to take a different approach. Mm -hmm. Your ass was doing conditioning. Your ass was, <laughs> you know, I was getting on you about, you know, we on a road trip together and I was getting on your ass about eating macaroni and cheese. That's the only like, thing I ate. <laughs> I had two, two in and out burgers. I had a little mac and cheese. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, like, I mean, for real, like, we're, you know, it's, it was just a different approach with you, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas, first Hunter, it's like, hey, let's gain some lean mass. Let's get yep. back to where you are. Like we were talking yesterday through your midsection, you're way stronger than you were last year already, right? And that's just balance, yeah. balancing it, right? Yep. And, you know, removing things from your diet and removing things from your lifestyle or whatever it may be, totally. you know, and, you know, just having there's different approaches with each guy. And that's where we have success. It's not like we're not programming. You guys are definitely not doing the same workout program or no, strength program, program. Or throwing program. You know what I mean? Um, that's, that's where we have success. I believe that's why you guys pay us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is, is keeping you guys healthy. How about you, Hunter? Like, what was your, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say this year too was the first time ever. Like I felt healthy from first day of spring training to the end of the year. Obviously you get your soreness, but there was like some days in 2019, I feel like I would be able to throw a baseball this year. I felt like I could go off and on every single day. And I feel like I'm, I beat up right now, obviously playing a full season, but I feel like I could still go throw a ball right now was good as I did back in March when I was here at Butch, which is huge because going into the next year when it's going to be 162 game season, hopefully. Yep. So well, we had a really screwed up mm -hmm. off season, right? Where we had essentially two off seasons. You didn't play a whole year, yep. right? Neither of you guys played a whole year because of COVID, yep. you know, and for us is like trying to maneuver around that. You guys didn't really get to experience until last, I guess, what would that be? Last November? of what a real off season looked like mm -hmm. with us. You know what I mean? And that was so difficult for us is like not knowing when you guys were playing, if you were playing, trying to keep you hot, but not getting yeah. you burnt out. Like I feel you threw more last year kind yeah. of than you did this year. Right. Definitely. Cause I was almost too. So in case I was going to go to the alt, I had to get ready for that. Then I almost actually went to play in the Australian winter league, got ready for that. And then I got ready for big league camp just in case I needed an extra arm. So I was kind of all ramped up the whole, time I've been at push, which has been surprisingly how good I felt because I could have been ready to go at a drop of a hat, which is huge. Do, do you think that changes the way you look at how to approach throwing during the off season? Where, oh, definitely. Where it's like, all right, I'm going to shut down completely. Right, right now we're, we're, yeah. we're shut down for what? We're doing your assessment, not next week, but the week after, yeah. right? So it's like we're shutting down for like a week and a half. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's a little different. Yeah. But like instead of just taking time off completely from throwing, only lifting, doing bodybuilding lifts, blah, blah, yeah. blah. I mean, how did that open your eyes a little bit to stay, you know, stay fresh, stay ready? Um, yeah, because in the past I've always just been kind of like that football lift mentality. I was, I'd be end of the season on a Sunday and I'd be in the gym on that Monday. Now I'm taking more of like a good health approach instead of just trying to be strong, strong all the time and thinking that's where all my velocity comes from. It's big that I got to talk to you and communicate, hey, let's give the body two weeks off so we can absolutely attack it in three weeks of getting the body moving the right way for sure. 100%. How about you, Hunt? What's the question? <laughs> <laughs> what yeah, going through COVID and all that kind of stuff, like what what did you learn from from that, from all that? Because I mean it did in turn affect you negatively. Yeah. Right? Versus it kind of helped Higgy where he's able to gain his velocity sure. with you. It was just like as a hitter, you you know, we saw your timing was a little disrupted and you know, your body wasn't quite ready and all that stuff. Like yeah. how what you know, what's Yeah, I mean I think like I'm a guy that like I, all my movements are like super quick twitch and everything I do is maybe a little too aggressive mm -hmm. on 
Um, so, I mean, I've, that's where I've seen, like, all my injuries come from, I think, is, like, whether I'm not prepping good enough or I'm not, like, getting my body in a good enough shape. But I think it all comes down to, like, I mean, this is true. It's hard to say, but it's, like, it comes down to my lifestyle choices, like, whether I want to go out and party all night or um, whether I want to actually, like, become who I want to become. I mean, it's just the harsh truth of it all, you know? It's, like, I'm 23 years old. I... I mean, yeah, I'm 23 years old. I'm young. I, I got money. I'm, I'm blessed from that, obviously. But it's like at the end of the day, well, who do I want to be? Yeah. Seriously. And I mean, it's people might not like me saying that, but it's true. Like I, I have to prioritize being a professional athlete because the partying will be there when I'm done. You know, so it's it's true. It's definitely had a negative impact on my body. And I know that going forward. So, um, you know, I've made a lot of I feel as if I made a lot of good lifestyle changes that I've implemented and going forward and that's not saying I haven't worked hard you've seen me in the gym every single day but it's just I mean it's being honest with myself man it's reflecting and and learning that I can't be that person you know um so yeah I'd say that's for me um my biggest goal is just to continue on this healthy and positive mental train because for me I don't think it's the physical I think it's more no. of just who yeah. I am as a mental human I think being. something that we've had a lot of discussions about is just slowing down yeah in general whether that be through your lifts, I yell at you about taking more rest time or just in general, right? Like you're trying to do too much. Like it's okay to take a day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like yesterday you needed the day off. Like, all right, we, I gave you shit, but I, you know, we understand you needed the day off, you know? So, I mean, it's just finding, like you said, that, that work life balance, but also at the same time, slowing your brain down, slowing your body down. Therefore you're able to process things a little bit better. And therefore, make better choices, right? So if you're not sleeping, because then you're going to come to the gym and you're going to hit, and you're going to throw, and you're going to run, and you're probably go golfing, you know, because you're you're a terrible golfer, you know. <laughs> um, it's uh, you know, it's 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 a lot of stuff stacking up. You know what I mean? Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think as a professional athlete, like your body's your temple. You've, I mean, I've heard it since I was in high school. Um, and I just think I didn't. I think I in college I got away with drinking and and staying up late and hanging with the boys and going to the, the baseball parties but like again i'm getting a little bit older and i can't wake up and be rejuvenated after a few beers yeah. you know it's just the truth um so you know i've really taken initiative to put my body first this year put my mind first because i mean i've heard it my whole life you have the physical tools it's all mental with you and it's so true like i'm sure everybody's like that but i know for me like everything in my success going forward has to do with my, my mind. So um, it's just taking care of that. You got to treat your brain. For me, at least, I have to treat my mental just as important as my physical. So, 100%. What's, what is your mental escapes away from baseball and all that? Uh, I like to make music. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm like the next guy go. If you guys know, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm like the next guy go. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But no, I like to make music. I like to play golf with you guys. Um, shout out Mark Meisner, my guy. <laughs> Um, and yeah, that's about it. I like to make music, play some golf, and yeah. How are you, Higgy? Um, I like to listen to his music a lot. <laughs> I like to golf, and you know, just kind of hang out, watch a lot of sports. Yeah. Sit in the hot tub out back with Hunt, listen to music. That's about it. Yeah, you guys got a good little setup. We do. We're, 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 we're the best roommates ever. You know, they call <laughs> us they call us the dynamic duo. Um, <laughs> we actually have golf matches all the time. That's why I shouted out Mark Meisner. Um, <laughs> Kicked DJ's ass yesterday. Yeah, actually. So, Higgy, a little uh, backstory is last year we went to Vegas. 
And you know, DJ is a far better golfer than Higgy. Sorry, Higgy. Far. I mean, I'll give. I mean, DJ's around a four or five handicap when he doesn't cheat. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Second team all American. Second team all American. No, so he's around a four or five handicap. Higgy, what do you think, DJ? About fifteen. Shot ninety one yesterday. Ninety one. So good. That's better. That is pretty good for Higgy. So we'll say Higgy's like sixteen, seventeen. DJ's four, so he's better. Um, but last year we had a match at Red Rock Country Club. And we said, all right, doesn't matter what you guys shoot, it's this hole, whoever wins. And DJ actually hit the ball out of bounds, and Higgy made a par. So technically, Higgy's 1-0. 1-1. 1-1. Oh, he did beat him yesterday. So 1-1 for $1,000. And then it turned into $100,000. Fake money. But no, we have we have a blast playing golf together. It's a great, like you said, small circle, but a great circle. So my defense, Higgy hit the ball in northern Colorado the whole before that. He did. Higgy's known for his... Bad slices. Far rights, yeah. You didn't have too many of those yesterday. Not too bad. Just a little bit. You had quite a few fairways yesterday. Yeah. You also had about six holes or four or five. Oh. <laughs> well, they had the fence. Those greens were glass yesterday. <laughs> four feet away, five foot. <laughs> but, yeah, Higgy, Higgy's the best. It's a fun group. Yeah. I mean, that's – for me, it's entertainment, right? Like, you guys just give me shit and rip on me the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and – Higgins over there calling me shaky, DJ shaky knees. <laughs> he's missing one foot putts like down the hill, the back on his airway, has to chip back onto the green. Oh, I missed it so much. I'd be like sitting in bullpen in like Chattanooga on a random Tuesday night, and I'd be like, God, I can't wait to be playing Twilight Golf with these guys back in Arizona. So you said yesterday. Oh my gosh, it yeah. got me through the summer a little bit. Some of these random what, towns. What was the bullpen like? What do you What do you guys oh, talk about? Oof. <laughs> um, no, nah, we had a good mix of guys down there between some of the some of the Latinos and then some of the guys from the south, northeast, the west. We actually, got to play with fellow coach I think here in Love Grove, so, so a lot of good conversations down there. But um, and then you got the AAA. It's all I was. I joke with everyone. I was the only guy in that bullpen who didn't have a baby yet. Everyone else was 32 to 35 years old, and I'm just talking about, dude, I can't wait to get back to Arizona and golf. I'm talking about their mortgages and taking my kid with a pediatrician, but uh, it's just different lives between the double-A bullpen and the triple-A bullpen for sure. What was the biggest difference you, you saw talent-wise between double and triple-A? Uh, actually, uh, funny story. So double-A is kind of – I'd get away with a lot of a lot of people chasing slider down the zone because I'd try and pitch my fastball down in the zone. I joke the first two pitches I threw in AAA went about 425 feet, but caught to dead center. And then the second one, I threw a nasty slider that just got taken. I was like, all right, so got to throw everything in the zone, and it's got to be nasty in the zone compared to AA, where you'd get probably you get bailed out every one every three pitches on a bad swing because guys just trying to get up to the next level. But AAA, you've got guys probably 90% of the roster there. Everyone's been in the big leagues at some point. So that was probably the biggest difference, I'd say. Do you notice the defense was a little quicker behind you? Uh, a little bit, but uh, I'd say, yeah, probably a little bit better defense for sure. But we kind of had a tough luck in Salt Lake. We, uh, a lot of guys got called up that last month of the year, and we had to bring a lot of guys from lower levels just to play, like replacement first base, replacement left field. But you could tell just to some of the, the game speed up a little bit. Not much, but just a little bit. Yeah. How about, how about you, Hunter? Like you were in big league screen training. Right. What was the talent difference like being in high A or yeah? No, it's actually A. interesting because he just said there you got to be in the zone more. And a thousand, I think so. I played alternate site COVID year, I played alternate site this past year, 
and then big league camp. So I face, I mean, a lot of big leaguers, a lot of AAA pitchers, and I, I'm not saying it's easier to hit off those guys because they're more talented. You know, they've played longer. Maybe not more talented. Everybody's talented. But, like, you know what I'm saying. They have more experience. They've been in the big leagues. Sometimes it's harder to hit in high A or even low A because they have just as good as stuff, but their command's not as good. 100 miles out of the face. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, when you're in AAA and, and major leagues, I mean, I haven't played those real year, but, like, big league spring, alternate side, they're always around the zone. So even on, like, two strikes, granted, they're going to throw you some nasty stuff, but, like, oh, oh, might be a fastball. Instead of it being, like, on the corner, it's just left over the plate, you know? And that's not always, but, like, I would say they they throw a lot more strikes. So it's for, like, a hitter, you just feel a lot more comfortable in the box. 100%. How about, I have a question. You know, being from California, like, you didn't get drafted out of high school, did you? I got drafted the 24th round. 24th yeah. round. Like, how did you – Excel to the first round. Like, what what got you there? How did you did something just click offensively for you? Um, I mean, obviously, you're just hitting bomb after bomb at ASU. But like, what helped you? Was it early? Was it like what you know? Well, it's nuts because like I was a football player in high school. I committed to play football out of high school. I didn't even want to play baseball. My brother was always like the baseball superstar in the family. Um, so I was like, eh, whatever. I'll play football. And then I picked up baseball pretty much again my junior year of high school. I didn't even play outfit. I DH for the team. I was good. And then that going into my senior year of high school, I like blew up in terms of like started hitting good, played outfield. So I got some scholarships there. But I wouldn't say it was until like my year in the Cape Cod, my second year in the Cape Cod, where I kind of started to figure it out. Um, Mike Early was huge for me. Like, cause he knows he knows me better than a lot of people, like how my how my mind can sometimes get in the way of me. So it was like for him, what you'd think it was like, oh, it's such a mechanical change. It was literally the opposite. It was like, how can we get this kid's mental in the right place so he can set himself up for success? So like I said earlier, it's pretty much all of my success comes from who I am as like a mental or my mind. Um, so yeah, I would say there was no physical cha changes other than maybe getting in the gym more. Yeah. But in terms of mechanics, nothing changed. Like you saw, nothing really changed mechanically. So I did change my swing all the time early on in my career. I've never seen a guy be able to go on YouTube, see somebody swing in the mirror perfectly in like ten swings. Hey, it's a skill. <laughs> how about you? How did you end up to in Arizona State from Pennsylvania? Um, so kind of all over the place. So I was committed to the University of Indiana, which is only two states west of Pennsylvania. So I uh, committed to them, and then that whole staff took the job over here at ASU. And they said, hey, like, you want to come visit the campus? We want to offer you. I was like, I'm kind of committed before even coming to ASU. I just grew up watching ASU baseball games and all those legends who came through. He's lying. He liked the girls. NCAA baseball games. <laughs> he liked the girls. Then I came for my official visit. They played Notre Dame in football. And I was like, this is literally the coolest thing ever. And it's just kind of. But you did that game? When I had a okay freshman year, I threw about 12 innings. I got the pitch in regionals. And then. Uh, Went to the Alaska League, and the coach up there was really cool. He was actually the coach at Chandler Gilbert at the time. And he's like, hey, dude, you're really good. You're going to get a chance next year. And then that's kind of really – I found myself as a pitcher and not really a thrower. And then uh, ever since then, just kind of been – kind of found my way. And then kind of had a tough junior year. Draft stock slid a little bit. But I got to go to an Angels pre-draft workout two days before the draft. And I'm like, hey, we don't have a lot on you, but we'll give you a chance. And that's kind of how I uh, ended up with the Angels. It's awesome. It's awesome. He has some of the most, I mean, I would say he's refining it, but like literally out of all the pitchers I've ever faced, some of the most raw talent. And that's not me, it's his best friend. Like, that's serious. He, 
throws hard, his slider's good, still walks me every time he faces oh, me. Oh, and actually in college, there was a tweet <laughs> that went out. So we played like an inner squad game and you know, everybody had known we were best friends and like I think the first bat I like rolled over to first base. Like everybody was super excited for the bat rolled over to first base. <laughs> And this was in like our maroon and gold world series, so like everybody would like not everybody, but like everybody within college would come and watch. So my second at bat off, he threw me a slider or like a cutter low and in, and I hit an absolute bomb to right field. <laughs> and somebody tweeted, and I wish I still had, I'd frame it in our house, but it said Hunter Bishop just took Connor Higgins to the Phoenix Zoo. <laughs> and now last he, night he was even joking around. He's like, dude, did you hear about the monkey cages at the Phoenix Zoo? And I was like, wait, you're like, dude, yeah, that did, and I'm still from three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I just always give a shit, but no, seriously, Higgy, I faced him. We did live basketball push last off season, and it's electric. So yeah, I think he only had five walks, and they were all you, all the you. Seriously, those don't count. That's just getting a field second time off the mound. I was trying to do Instagram live every time because it's a heated battle, and it's like this is boring. Ball one, ball two, ball three, ball four. All right, Hunter. Seriously, like, we always joke about it too. We have yet to face each other in Pro Bowl, and I feel like I'm just gonna have a smile ear to ear. Oh, face for is kind sure. of like a spring training. Game. You didn't give him one of the little fastballs. <laughs> you call go him out in front of the crowd. Here comes. comes. Here comes the fastball. You can't but, say the name. We did that anymore. No, you can't. But no. Yeah, it's like a little fastball side. Yeah, love, exactly. Love playing <laughs> to the plate, you know. Yeah. Cool. Well, you guys got anything else? I thought this would be a fun little podcast today. Mm-hmm. Take Nah, I'm good. I think so. What we're gonna do is we're actually since they have like the Bryson and Brooks match coming up, we're gonna do a Higgy versus DJ matchup coming up <laughs> as well. Live broadcast on Triller, and um, yeah, so I'll put a thousand dollars on Higgy if anybody wants to match me. Um, so stroke for stroke? No, you have to give him ten strokes. Ten strokes, full golf, no cheating, and I'll put a thousand dollars on Higgy. Mark Meisner, match me. Let's go. <laughs> And yeah, let's do it. We'll do it at a tough course. So if right. I beat him, I get the, the 2K. Yeah. Well, if he wins, he gets the 2K. I'm in. What do I lose? Nothing. I lose 2K. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do it. So that's what that's the that's how I guess that's why we're finishing up the podcast. Since DJ, I mean, like honestly, if you're listening to this podcast right now, I think we're gonna. Is there like an intro that you have? Yeah. This is the Push Performance Podcast. Yeah. Okay, good. Because you're literally like, hey guys, this is DJ Edwards. <laughs> I even say that. Actually, nobody probably even knows my name. That's his name, guys. DJ Edwards, the best trainer. I don't introduce name. myself. I just introduced who's on the podcast. Episode twenty six. This is episode twenty six. But he's a, he is a great. He is a great trainer. Mm-hmm. Love the guy. We do like to give him a little crap, but he's my favorite. So thanks, man. shout out DJ. Appreciate you, man. Thanks, guys. Yeah, my name's DJ Edwards. Follow me on Twitter. It's Follow Brandon. Brandon too. And and be money. Brandon and say a word. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks.